Not just anybody. Not just anybody. Everybody will be happy, uh, not sad, not murmuring, not complaining, not disputing, not fussing. Everybody will be happy over there. But, but we, we got to get there. A am I right about it? Uh, we're on this pilgrim pathway, trudging on this place we call our home. But we know the song, this world is not my home. I I'm just passing through. Uh, it's vacation time. Y'all passing through uh, from one destination to another. Well, our goal is heaven. Amen. So we're just passing along this earthly highway, looking for and praying for and hoping for that land where there's no suffering, where there's no, no tears, where there's no pain, where there's no heartache. Oh, don't you want to get there? People working so hard trying to make their own heaven on earth. That ain't, ain't nothing you got. Uh, ain't, ain't nothing Trump got. As rich as he is, amen, somebody that can compare to the glories of heaven. There's, there's no car big enough. There's no house big enough. There's, there's no bank with a, with a safe large enough to hold all the riches of heaven. That's why we ought to be working towards making heaven our home. Amen. Am I right about it? I'm so good, to, so glad to see all y'all this morning. And me and my, my brother and I, we, 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 we had a long day yesterday. But we had a wonderful day. We had our parenting forum yesterday. Some folks came out and brought their kids and we discussed and talked and allowed the kids to talk and, 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 and you know, for, for some of our kids, we they don't get much of a chance to do that at home, but they got to do it here, amen. And, and they, they revealed some things to us and, and we, we retorted, you know, and, uh, we were buffed and rebuked. No, we didn't. We, we listened. We got them when we got home. Now you wait till you, shouldn't have told that story. Wait till I get you home. But, Sure know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it was an opportunity for us to build some bridges and connect with our children. We, uh, I told the story on yesterday how this whole parenting thing came about, uh, the unrest of last year and uh, the problems that uh, uh, were just prevalent in our community and uh, that, that uh, the, the one thing that st stuck out in my mind, which is sort of the, the genesis of this whole thing, seeing that, y'all remember that, 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 that young lady who uh, went down uh, over there in Armandam and when the kids were throwing the rocks at the cops and stuff and, and uh, she was trying to pull her child away, you know, beating on her, come on boy, sometimes you just got to, that rod of correction. 
I won't go there, but, but she, come on, boy. You are not going to be with them. Don't you know what those police might do to you if you catch up with the wrong one at the right time? And, and so we, 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 we wanted to, to understand where's this rage coming from? Where's this anger coming from? Where's this frustration coming from? And, 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 and we, we, we wanted you know, to go into the community and, and do some outreach there, and we did that to an extent. But you know, we, what we realized is there's a problem right here. We, we got to learn how to talk to our kids in here so we can talk to some kids and some parents out there. Am I right about it? Uh, and so uh, this was the genesis of this whole uh, parenting forum. And, and we had our little hourly sessions in between uh, worship services during the Bible school hour. And everybody was saying, well, Brother Bill, it's not enough time. Uh, Brother Carl's not enough time. And so we did an expanded session yesterday, and some folk came out. I think we had a head count of 50 or so. Uh, of course, it can be bigger, but we're just grateful for those who came, for those who participated, grateful to our young people who came out and uh, sort of revealed some things to us and helped us to change our perspective on some things. And hopefully uh, the takeaway from that was not only that uh, we need to reconnect with our children and learn their language just like they need to learn ours, but uh, also that we need to do this as often uh, as we can. And so just pray for that effort and pray that we can uh, build some bridges and indeed uh, build up a stronger house here so we can go out into the world and touch the lives of others out there. Amen. This message has been on my mind for the past couple of weeks. I don't need to tell you folks about everything that's been going on. Y'all know all about it. People, people crazy. There's just no other way to, I could say something stronger People just crazy. And this world is spiraling out of control. If there was ever a time that people needed Jesus, Lord, it, it, it's now. It, it's, it's right now. I, let me, before I get into it, everyone who's here this morning, we just thank you for your presence. If you're visiting our worship service today, we want you to know. You're our honored guest. Got to do this right. I'll put it out there. We're glad you're here. Don't leave uh, if you don't like what I'm saying. But, but I'm, we're going to talk about some stuff this morning. Is, is that all right? And we're grateful for all those who've labored in the worship service thus far. And, and you'll forgive me for going back and forth. But this thing's been on my heart for the last two weeks. Go with me to Jude. Go with me to Jude. We appreciate the reading uh, earlier, but I'm going to take it just a little further than verse 20. Jude, starting at verse 17, and we're going to read down to 23. Is that all right? But beloved, 
Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves. They cause division. Uh, they're sensual. They're, they're worldly, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, Building up yourselves on this, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep looking, or rather keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted or defiled by the flesh. I want to focus on verse number 23. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Uh, there's the word, hating, hating, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. My title, The Politics of Hate. The Politics of Hate. Y'all put your seatbelts on. on We're going to take the ride and y'all stay with me. I hope you get out of this what I hoped you would get out of this. And if you don't, well, I'll try it again later. But let's look at, first of all, let's break down my title, The Politics of Hate. Now, let's deal with politics. Let's define it for a second. It's the act of guiding or influencing governmental policy. The act of winning or holding control over a government. And it's also defined as competition between groups or individuals for power or leadership. All right, that's politics. Hate, we're going to define biblically. Is that all right? Uh, because that's really what we want to deal with today. We want to deal with some biblical hate. Now, 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 now these are the policies of hate that we want to talk about here. Now, hate is defined biblically. It's the verb form of the Greek, miseo, all right? And it's, it, it, there's three definitions, but we're only going to focus on one, but I'm going to give you all three. Now, one is a malicious or justifiable feelings towards others, malicious, or just unjustifiable feelings toward others. One more time. Malicious or unjustifiable feelings towards others. Matthew 24. Let's go to Matthew 24. We're going to slow walk this, but, but, but before it's done, we're going to be done, all right? Matthew 24. I'm trying to show you an example of this. Matthew 24. Look at 
verses 7 through 13. All right? Matthew 24, verses 7 through 13. Look at this. Look what Jesus says here. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Thank y'all out there. Uh, and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now that's one definition of hate. That's a, a malicious and unjustifiable feelings toward, I don't know why I hate you, but I just do. Yeah. All right. Let's look at another, let's look at another definition. Luke chapter 16. Turn with me there. Luke chapter 16. We're going to slow walk this for right now and then, then we're going to speed it up. Is that all right? Luke chapter 16. And, and this one here, we're at verse 13. It says here uh, of relative preference for one thing over another. This is another uh, definition of hate, of relative preference for one thing over another. Look here at, at Luke chapter 16 and verse 13. Y'all there? Because I ain't there yet. All right. Look here. It says, Jesus says, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate, yeah, y'all with me now, the one, and love the other, or else, he, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Again, our definition of relative preference for one thing over another. Is that all right? Now, now the third one is where we want to go. And, and, and this, these are, again, these are the policies of hate. Here's what we're going to focus on this morning. A right feeling of aversion from what is evil. I'm going to say it again. A right feeling of aversion from what is evil. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And when you get over there, we're going to look at verses 8 and 9. Is that all right? Hebrews chapter 1. This is, this is, the, this is the, the definition we want to hold on to for this morning. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Here we go. Verse number nine. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy 
fellows. This is the one we want to focus on here. A right feeling of aversion from what is evil. If we look at these examples, we conclude we got some haters in the world. Amen. Am I right about it? We, we got some haters in the world. Now, the young folks, you know, call them haters. Uh, but, 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 but biblically, we're talking about that, too. There's some haters in the world. See, see, they don't like you. They don't like me. They don't like what you do. And they don't like what you stand for. Uh, am I right about it? So, so this, the politics of hate. Let me just, let me just make it simple. Y'all stay with me. This is the politics of hate, all right? It's the inner struggle to hold to the truth. Y'all with me? The inner struggle to hold on to the truth versus the outer strength to tell the truth. See, the politics of hate is understanding the difference between holding, or rather the distinction between holding on to the truth, all right, inwardly. See, we're all struggling with something. We, we all got some, some mess that we're dealing with. And, and when we're exposed to the world, when we turn on our TVs, when we're driving down the street, when we go through some of our neighborhoods, when we, when we look at the newspapers, when, when, when we see what's going on, see, that affects us internally, all right? And when it infects us internally, it impacts our ability sometimes to connect with that Holy Spirit that's inside of us. Uh, amen, somebody. And, and, so, and so there's an inner struggle not to respond to some of the mess and some of the stuff that we're exposed to every day. Help me, somebody. And so coupled with that is the outer strength that it takes to convey the truth. What are you talking about, Brother Veal? Brother Bethea, for the last two weeks has been talking about our attitudes, our Christian walk. He was over there in Hebrew, um, rather a Romans 12, 1 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Well, he talked last week about being lights. Salt of the earth, right? But if the salt has lost its savor or its flavor, wherewith shall it be salted? If we're, the, if we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world, the outer strength that it takes to tell the truth, to be a light in the world, to counteract the hatred that we see out there in the world with the love of God. The politics of hate is learning and maneuvering that distinction between what's in us uh -huh. and what we're struggling with, with the Holy Ghost help to try to allow our light to shine and have fighting down that, 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 that fleshly desire to respond negatively and respond positively through the manifestation of the Holy Ghost outwardly to a world that's already full of haters. Y'all with me? 
Y'all know there's some folk that don't like the fact that you are Christian. There's some folk that look at you funny on your job. There's some folk that look at you funny in your community. There's some folks that won't want to deal with you because they see you getting up every Sunday morning. There's some folk that don't like the fact that you got maybe a bumper sticker on your car or you say, I love Jesus, or you talking the kind of talk and letting your light shine and some folk don't like it. And their response to that can be volatile. We, we need to understand that there's a war going on and it's not just one that's fought with guns and knives and bullets and bombs. This brings us uh, to another accusation that the world likes to use. And, and that word is judges or judging. But, 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 but I, I'm going ahead of myself. Going back with me. Going back with me to, to, to Jude. Let me, let me, let me show y'all something here. It says here, now, now this is for us. This epistle was written to Christians. A am I right about it? He says in verse 17, he said, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, they cause division, sensual, they're worldly, having not the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourself, and this building up, yesterday I, I wanted to talk about uh, Ephesians chapter 6 where he says, uh, build up, uh, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. See, they, see that word, those words bring up means to feed. It, it means to nourish. And, and so this is what he's talking about here. He says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. See, we, we need to get nourished on this word. We need to get fed on this word. We need to build ourselves up spiritually so we can withstand the attacks of the devil out here in the world. And, and there's some folk who ain't going to like that. And those are the haters. Are y'all with me? See, we got to do some, some hard work internally so we can exude our Christianity externally. Look what he says there. He says, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. He says, look at verse 22 and 23. And of some have compassion, making a difference. There were some apostates in the church talking false doctrine, and, 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 and they were uh, 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 just spreading lies and untruths. And this epistle was... Uh, written to encourage those faithful to hold on to God, but also to, to, uh, to, to resist these apostates. But he says, and some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. See, have enough compassion for the fact that they've lost their way, that you need to give them the truth, all right, armed with the truth and, and help them to restore themselves to a state where before God executes 
his righteous judgment. Now, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But, but he says here, others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. I was talking about judges or judging. Someone says, if uh, you're judging me, Brother Veal. Yeah, if I comment on your clothes, I, I'm judging. If I don't like your lifestyle, I'm judging. If I don't like how you talk or, or how you walk or where you live or what you think or what you believe, I'm judging. And some might say, well, well, well you're suggesting that, that I'm better than you, that I'm more important than you, I'm more holy than you, I'm more moral than you. But see, that's based in part on my perception of you and my conception of myself. Now, see, I'm not out here judging you based on who you are. I'm judging you based on a lifestyle, some activities, some stuff that you're doing that's not upsetting me, but I know it's upsetting God. Okay. All right. See, my conception of myself is I'm a child of God. I'm supposed to be a child of light. I'm supposed to be the salt of the earth. And so sometimes I got to say some stuff to you to help you to grow and to help you to save yourself from this untoward generation. Am I right about it? And, but, but see, we have to be built up in the spirit internally so that we can exude it in the proper way externally. Yeah, we're going to do some judging, but guess what? That's what we are supposed to do. Do, do you know God does some hating? And, and, and God does some judging. And you, you want to say, well, God is a God of love. Well, he sure is, but, but, but God does some hating. Uh, go, go with me. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Look, look at this right here. Proverbs chapter 6. Look, look at verse 16. Look, look at this. See, God does some hating. Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 16, look what it says. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Look at this. Look, what, look, 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 look at what God hates. A proud look. A prideful look. You know that look sometimes your boss might give you. Sometimes your coworkers might give you. They, they look you up and down. They're looking you up and down. They don't think any more of you than the lint on the floor. This proud look, this, look, let's just keep going. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among brethren. God does some hating. And, and, and what we're talking about here, let me just give you my whole point. There are extremes of hate. There's some hate over here. All right, we, right here. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about in Missio, right. that definition we gave. There's some things that, that we hate 
that we dislike, that we have an aversion to because they are not godly. All right. There's, there's some things we hate because they're just not godly. They're worldly. They are fleshly. They are sinful. And, and we don't like the stuff that you're doing. All right. Then there's hate on the extreme side. This is hatred that is manifested with extreme behavior. Extreme behavior. We're going to get to that in a second. And then there's judgment over here. Now, God is the righteous judge. All right. So we got the hate over here. We got the stuff that, that we shouldn't like and that God doesn't like. OK. And then we got the hate over here that that is extreme hate. I hate it so much that now I feel like I need to do something about it. Something bad, something horrible, something deplorable. And then we got judgment over here. All right. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. Hate that goes from this extreme to this extreme is hatred that leads to judging. But see, when you and I take the hate that's here and we go to this extreme, now we're guilty of taking over God's job and God's sole responsibility. Y'all stay with me. Y'all stay with me. See, see, hate on the, on the one extreme is the hate God has for the conduct which runs contrary to his commandments or teaching. Re Revelations chapter 2. Let me stay in the book. Revelations chapter 2. Let me show y'all something right, right quick. I, I know the clock is on me, but I got I to gotta preach this thing. Y'all all right? Y'all all right? Y'all still awake? Let's keep going. Revelations chapter 2. And look at verses 1 through 6. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which they say are apostles and are not, and has found them liars, and has borne, and has patient, and for thy, my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Wherefore, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of this place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, this is a heretical group that was troubling the church at this time. But this hate that he's talking about is the hatred of their activities their actions, this, the stuff that they are doing that runs contrary to what God has ordained. Now, this type of hate taken to the extreme is a terrible type of hate. This other extreme is the hatred that results in judgment. When we decide in our minds that we're the judge, 
we're the jury. We're the executioner. See, we decide, not God, who's right or wrong, who lives or dies, who's guilty or innocent. We take judgment out of God's hand and we put it in our own. What are you talking about, Brother Veal? The KKK hated folk. So what did they do? Their hatred went to an extreme. And now they're hanging folk. Now they're killing folk. The Nazis hated anybody that wasn't of their whatever. Now it's supposed to be the human race. But can you just imagine man's inhumanity to man? The Nazis hated people of other races to the extreme that then they decided they're going to just round them up and throw them in ovens, toss them in camps, kill them and exterminate them. They tried to eliminate an entire race culture of people. All right. But see, when we when we go to this type of hate, to this type of extreme, we are administering judgment that doesn't belong to us, it belongs to God. And so what we wanna understand in the politics of hate is that our hate ought not be manifested to the extreme where we take judgment out of God's hands and put it in ours. See, this is the kind of hate that causes somebody to strap a bomb to themselves and go into the middle of an innocent crowd and set it up. This is the kind of hate that causes somebody to grab a gun and start shooting folks down indiscriminately. This is the kind of hate that drives somebody to get into a truck and just drive folk down. That's hate to the extreme. I hate who you are more than I hate what you do. I hate who you are. That's hate on the extreme. And when we execute that kind of hate, we're taking judgment out of God's hands and we put it in our. You're not the judge. You're not the jury. And you're not the executioner. And I stopped by to tell you today that we cannot have this kind of hate. People say, if I don't like you, if I don't agree with you, if I hate you, then I can judge you with my own self-righteous judgment. And now my hate goes to an extreme that is only reserved for the Almighty. This isn't the righteousness of God. This isn't the judgment of God. It's the righteousness of man. It's the judgment of man. But God has neither abdicated nor abandoned his authority to man. Nor has he given man the authority to carry out his judgment on another. He says in Romans 12 and 9, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Let me deal with this hate for a minute. See, this kind of hate is the kind of hate that is designed to produce change. This hate goes to the extreme where now all I'm going to do is exact my judgment on you. And now I've taken it out of God's hand and I put it in mine. Well, God going to judge that in the last day. But the kind of hate 
over here is the kind of hate that invokes change. Child says to his father, they might not use the word hate, we'll just say, I don't like. Daddy, I don't like it when you drink too much and you come home and you beat on me and you beat on mama. The child's not saying, I hate you. I hate what you do and I want you to change. Someone's out here fornicating, going from man to man, woman to woman, relationship fake to relationship because they say they got needs. I don't know what kind of needs you talking about. Well, I do, but that's it. See, I don't hate you. I hate what you do. And I want you to change. Someone got an attitude problem. They're just mean all the time. They, 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 they just, they just have, don't have anything nice to say. They don't have any positive to say. They don't have anything helpful to say. See, I don't hate you. I hate what you do. And I want you to change. God talks about these things that he hates. He's not saying, I hate you. I hate the things that you do, and I want you to change. God hates sin, whatever it is. Someone walking around saying, well, I hate those homosexuals. No, you don't hate them. You hate what they do. And you want them to change. They don't like how you walking around with your self-righteous indignation. Well, they don't hate you. They hate what you do. And they want you to change. My friends, I'm, the politics of hate is learning that we don't go from this extreme to this extreme. Because we're doing God's work for him. He don't need no help judging the world. He's going to judge the world in righteousness by that man who he hath ordained, whereof he's given assurance unto all men in that he raised him from the dead. Now, 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 now the last time I looked, none of us could kill somebody and raise them from the dead. All right? So someone who got that kind of power hasn't given us the ability to do his job. What we need to be doing is saying, yeah, I'm a hater, but I'm not a judger. And all I want to do is to get you to change. That's all God wants us to do. He wants us to change. He wants us to change. See, God is still the righteous judge. And see, this judgment that he's talking about it's reserved for you, and it's reserved for you. Y'all didn't get that. Give me First Peter chapter 4. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. All right. 
I'm almost done. Man, I didn't bring my handkerchief today. It was just, just, just coming down like droplets, man. All right, First Peter, First Peter chapter 4. Look at this. Look at this. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh hath what? Ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. See, when you try to tell folk that you hate what they do and you want them to change, they start judging and they start hating. And now they're taking God for them, onto themselves and executing their judgment. We need, we just want folk to change. He said, look at verse number five. He said, who shall give account to him? Oh, thank you, bro. That, that is ready. I, I'm almost done. D -d -d look at this. He said, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. See, we can judge, but we can't judge the way God judges. We can hate, but we can't hate the way God hates. All right? Now, we can, but only if it's the kind of hatred that produces change. I don't, it's not that I hate you. I hate what you do and I want you to change. Does that sound like Jesus? I don't hate you. I love you enough to die for you. I don't hate you. I hate what you do and I want you to change. I was in the shower and that came to me. I, I, I like how that sounds. I don't hate you. I hate what you do, and I want you to change. Can I do that one more time? Say, say, I don't hate you. I hate what you do, and I want you to change. Can you go on your job and tell somebody that? I don't hate, Brother Bill, you a hater. I don't hate you. I hate what you do, and I want you to change. This gospel is real and is righteous and it can change lives but we got to be willing to stop just hating and start helping folk to change and then and for the folk out there in the world that have allowed their hatred to take them to this extreme don't worry about them judgment He's going to judge the quick and the dead. All right? Let them keep on hating. 
you keep on loving. You keep on helping. Back in Jude, he says, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. That's our job, y'all. That's our job. And if that's our job, then we ought to be willing to do it. This gospel has been preached to us, and we got to give it to some other folks. So, so here's my last thing. Don't hate till it hurts or you hurt yourself or someone else. All right? And, and you know, I, I got to make this last point here. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. In Romans chapter 7, Paul's struggling with some stuff. And he says, I hate the things that I do. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? See, 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 we need to understand that that self-hatred can lead to some judgment, too. Somebody decides they're going to put a gun to their head. Somebody decides they want to put a garrote around their neck. No, don't hate yourself to the point that you want to exact your own judgment upon yourself. You just need to change, and you need some help in order to get to that point of change. So don't hate till it hurts to the extent that you hurt yourself or someone else. Amen? Amen. You're supposed to hate till it helps. Helps you or someone else to change and avoid the ultimate judgment of the only righteous judge. He says we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And every man, every woman, everyone's going to give an account of the things they have done in their body, whether it be good or whether it be bad. But before we get to the judgment, we got an opportunity to respond to the gospel. That is the death, the burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came into this sin-sick world, died on an old rugged cross, buried in a tomb, raised again the third day for our justification. And if you've heard that gospel and you believe it with all your heart, then you need to repent of your sins that have separated you from God. Make that change. Confess him as Lord. Be baptized for the remission of your sins and come out of that watery grave of baptism, a new creature, in Christ Jesus. Now you learn how to love, and then you know how to hate, but you learn how to hate with love. And you not judging folk, you're helping them through you sharing the gospel with them how to avoid God's ultimate judgment. I'm not judging you, I love you. I don't hate you, I love you. I don't hate you, I hate what you do. And I want you to change. God loves you, but he don't like what you do, and he wants you to change. Are you ready to make that change this morning? Are you able to make that change this morning? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you've heard it and you believe it, why don't you make that change? 
And if you're a member of the body of Christ, don't allow this hatred that's going on out in the world, this extreme hate, to get to you. Don't let it turn you into something that twists your thoughts and your mind away from that which is spiritual. God's going to judge every one of us. He has the ability to judge the quick and the dead. Let him do the judging. And the hatred that we have, let it be hate that inspires a change. Are you willing to make that change today? Why don't you come down? Come right now as we together stand and sing the song of invitation. Uh,